friend was broke. She didn't know what to do or where to turn. I'm Nora Ellen. The reason I began this podcast called Women Starting Over is to help women like my friend who find themselves in financial hardship, like divorce, or lost their job or went bankrupt, or maybe, sadly, their husband passed away. You will love these real-life stories of my guests of how they went from being broke to hope to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. I have a great guest that you are going to learn a lot from. So get your pencil and paper out or you will want to listen to this podcast again. She had her first business at 19. And that's what I love about her and why I'm excited to talk to her today. She's an award-winning journalist. She was the president of her local school board. It's And it's not just a little school board. It's, it's a big school board. It's actually the school, Kyrene School District, where my own kids went. It's a fabulous school district. She also won all Arizona School Board Award, an award for that. She's an award-winning person. Welcome, Michelle. Michelle Hirsch, so glad to have you on this episode. Thank you, Nora. It really is wonderful to be here with you and your listeners. Yep. I've been listening to your podcast episodes, and I really do appreciate your information and your inspiration and your honesty and humor. So I'm just excited to to be here and share some of my insight and experience. I am too. And our friend listening, Michelle and I were talking the other day. She called me about something. And as we were talking, I thought, oh, I need to have her on the podcast. And the timing is good right now because we've heard from a lot of guests about their stories. And we will hear Michelle's story here also. And she's also going to share some really good tips about business and being an entrepreneur. And remember, what is an entrepreneur? We're simply problem solving. I usually try to start at the beginning of my guest's life so you can see if there's something you relate to with her history. And we always talk about our, our money thermostat, what impacted us about money or income growing up. And I want to say before Michelle and I were talking here that when I talk to my guests and I, it is hard to get them to do the brag thing. And because I, I want to say about their successes and we're just discussing how it's hard for women about bragging. <laughs> it's a good kind of brag though, or about just talking about our successes. I Sometimes I have to make them think. I say, well, what about this or what about that? Because it's just not something we seem to put in our memory banks as being important. And it's very, very important. So Michelle, let's start back in your in your history with your family life. Well, I really was inspired to be an entrepreneur, I think, by my maternal grandmother. Um, I lived with her for several years in my elementary years and spent most of my summers with her. And I have very fond memories of mm. us dressing in our business outfits. And she didn't drive. So we would take a city bus into downtown Los Angeles. And I would accompany her to her office building, which was a bank building. And we'd ride the elevator and arrive at her office door, which was a frosted glass door with the name of her agency on it. And I wow. just thought it was so exciting. Wow. And I would sit in an extra desk in her office 
flip through a Rolodex. I'm not sure if all your listeners know what a Rolodex is, but <laughs> it, it was uh, uh, what we had before we had iPhones to keep track of contacts. And um, she would ask me to find a name and I would read a number to her so she could call a client or uh, something. And um, I would also play with the rubber stamps and and uh, stamp return addresses on envelopes. And I'd even pretend to write reports and staple and <laughs> paperclip papers together. And I still have an affinity for office supplies. <laughs> but I was also observing and soaking up, you know, her entrepreneurial mm. skills and um my parents were divorced when I was very young. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was 13, I came to Arizona to live with my dad and he was an entrepreneur. Okay. So even though I wasn't around him when I was younger, by the time I was a teenager, not only was I exposed to him having his own companies and mm-hmm. office buildings and, wow. and businesses, but I was put to work. And so mm-hmm. I was in the office filing and answering phones and um, learning accounting and marketing. And I even had the opportunity to hire and supervise employees. So even though he passed away um, many years ago, I still hear his voice telling me to file the papers on my desk and not let them pile up. It's it's (laughs) funny how I can still hear him sort of yelling at me to to do the, the right things when it comes to business. When I was 19, I became a Jeff for cosmetics consultant. That's like Avon. It's a cosmetics company okay. some people might be familiar with, but it's um, basically an independent sales rep, similar mm-hmm. to Tupperware, Pampered Chef. You know, there's a lot of, of opportunities to be an independent mm-hmm. sales rep. And um, it's also, I think, a good way to take that leap into having your own business per se without having all of the uh, risk um, that you would when you start from scratch or or start from the ground up, as they say, because the products are already developed, the marketing materials are already designed and printed, the accounting practices are often provided with training and mentors. So um, that is right. I actually sold Avon myself, and I didn't even think about it the way you're saying it. Yeah, all is, the skills you gain, right? And, and then you can go from there and design your own things, but you have. Um, uh, some experience that you gained by by that kind of, of work. Right. And you have the experience, but then like you said, like I didn't have to develop the Avon products. The, uh, right. the product line, the brochures, everything was there for me. In those days, Avon had a, t- you had to have a territory. You had an area, geographical area that they made you work from. Now, mm-hmm. and I think you can sell Avon anywhere, but I did that part time. It was wonderful because it did prepare me for after divorce life. And so that's a good point. It is it is a good leap. Or, um, yeah. And there's still yeah. several of those kinds of um, companies that, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, might fit somebody's interests to uh, gain some skills and and also make some money. By my second year of college, I had started a company called Consumer Solutions. And it was a consumer advocacy firm that I had for 10 years. And I helped people navigate um, their consumer problems. Maybe they weren't happy with a product or service. And that was born out of the fact that people would tell me about their problems with their car repair or a contractor or something. And I'd say, well, if you contact the company and say this, or if you write a letter and say this in the letter, and their problems would get resolved and they'd come back when there was another problem. And, hmm. and, um, and maybe I just had a lot of friends with consumer problems. No, <laughs> but what, what happened was, um, 
people started saying, I'll just pay you to solve it. I, I don't have time wow. to deal with them or follow up or whatever. I'll just pay you. And I had to figure out, well, how much would I charge for this? Right. And, and, um, but I ended up, uh, figuring out a, a, a way to charge for my service. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really didn't even have to market much because it was really word of mouth. And somebody would say, gosh, I hired Michelle and consumer solutions. And, sure. and that, because I was in college at the time, I was first studying business and then I switched to education and I had a, and you know, this is where sometimes divine intervention works in. I I had a hour that I wasn't taking a class. And so I just took a freelance writing class just for fun. Nice. And um, in between my, my education classes and that ended up changing my life because I not only met who has been one of my longtime friends and mentors, my writing uh, instructor at the time. But I learned that I love writing. That was a way that I could teach was writing articles about things. And I took my consumer knowledge and wrote Mm -hmm. consumer articles and um, and other types of community news and Mm -hmm. um, was able to write and and uh, for local publications, the Arizona Republic, Today's Arizona Woman, Raising Arizona Kids. I wrote for a lot of local publications and it was mostly freelance. So that's having your own business. You have to mm-hmm. send queries and and suggest articles to write. And mm-hmm. and that also morphed into writing press releases and newsletters for businesses mm-hmm. with my now friend and who was my writing teacher initially. Um, so we had a business where we wrote press releases and newsletters for all kinds of businesses. Mm-hmm. And that turned into speaking about um at conferences, uh, entrepreneurial conferences, women business conferences on how to get your name in the news and how to promote your business. And um, so I think that it's a wonderful thing to realize sometimes you don't have to pick something today and think I'm going to stick with this and do this forever. Absolutely. Sometimes we're afraid to take a step. What should I study in college? What career should I go after? And uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be an end-all, be-all right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and my experience and success is is an example of that. No, that's absolutely wonderful. And- I also had a um, karaoke business for a couple of years. And I'd like to share <laughs> about that because I learned an important lesson. Um, it was a very fun, very successful business, uh, but... It wasn't conducive to the lifestyle that I wanted. I, w- I had a husband and, and children. And with that business, um, we provided karaoke to not only local bars and, and restaurants, but also private parties. But that means most evenings and weekends, Fridays and Saturdays, mm-hmm. nights, I was gone with the business. Mm-hmm. And some people could suggest, well, why didn't you just hire somebody to to be gone all the time. And I'm just a little too type A. There was a lot of expensive <laughs> equipment and sometimes people are drinking and, mm. you know, I want to make sure the speakers don't disappear or, <laughs> or at that time we had discs, it wasn't digital and I didn't want things disappearing. So it was either I was going to oversee it or I wasn't going to have it mm. because it just, uh, at one point, I think my husband said, Hey, can you be home a little more? Oh, and I okay. thought, well, yes, I can. And so now how did you, can you, Go back a little bit when you say you started the karaoke. What were you thinking that got you to start that business? Well, um, I think it was that that's a really good question. I can't even quite remember what 
I think I was always looking for opportunities to make money and be successful. There you and, go. <laughs> um, That's in what the I was early looking 90s, for. <laughs> karaoke was just starting. Yes. And um, my husband loves to sing. And so we bought some equipment uh-huh. and we would literally have karaoke parties in our living room. Okay. <laughs> and um, the kids would sing and Paul would sing. And then I thought, you know, we've bought all this equipment. Mm-hmm. I could actually contact this bowling alley down the street and they maybe they would hire me on Friday nights to do karaoke. Well, they wouldn't hire me on a Friday night, but they would hire me on Thursday. And then the people at the uh, bowling alley bar said, hey, can you do my birthday party this Friday night? And, and it just kind of morphed into um, doing private parties in addition to a couple local establishments when karaoke was very beginning to be very popular. Yeah, wow. I love that. You are always looking for opportunities for income. And that is so key. And what I want our listener to understand, thinking opportunities, looking for opportunities, because where we focus is where our day will go. It's where our life will go. And what we focus on expands. So that that's a wonderful tip. And I want to take a look at what is becoming um, some good opportunities. Uh, for example, this isn't something I know about, but I know cybersecurity is mm-hmm. is um, uh, becoming more and more popular as a as a possible career choice and, mm-hmm. and more in need. And um, one of the resources I want to share is um, offers courses in that that um, can that you can take for free. And um, the the courses are called Gale courses, Gale, G-A-L-E. And they are very well-developed six-week online courses taught by college instructors in literally hundreds of areas. Um, they, they are available through library systems. So, um, and you have to keep in mind that City libraries are different than county libraries. So if you have a city library card, there may not be Gale courses at your library. But like I know where I live in Maricopa County, their Gale courses are available at the county libraries. And county library cards are free too. So um, as long as you have a library card, you can take these courses. And um, there's courses in starting your own business, marketing your business on the internet, using social media for your business, web design, QuickBooks. I mean, literally just about anything you can think of. And cybersecurity is one of them. Um, There's veterinary assistant. You can get certificates in just six weeks. They're online. Again, they're free. And they're taught by college instructors. And there are activities and supplementary resources and materials. I mean, I just can't recommend highly enough that if you're not even sure what area you might be interested in or what might be a popular um, career choice or, or, or positive career choice for you, just take a look at the catalog and think, wow, maybe I'll take a course in QuickBooks or Excel and brush up on my skills. Or maybe I'll take a course in starting a nonprofit or graphic design and learn something new. So right. um, Gale courses is, is something I love to share with people. Yeah, that is very important. I was glad to learn that when you talked about it the other day. I also wanted to share that um, 
1991, a long time ago, but I was awarded Entrepreneurial Mother of the Year. And I say that because I was very proud of it because to me that said somebody thought that not only was I a great entrepreneur, but I was a great mom. And um, (laughs) notice we don't have my kids here to talk about all the mistakes I made as a mom. (laughs) We all make them, all of us. (laughs) But I do have some helpful strategies that I learned being an entrepreneurial mom. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm happy to share those if, if you have time. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that's why we're doing this second half of the podcast that I wanted you to share for our guests uh, listening. Because, well, our friend listening, you're the guest. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, because you have that knack and you just get it. And I want her to hear you with what you've done and how you think and share some great tips. So we're ready. I'm, I've got a pen and paper myself ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one that, that I not only learned, but I have to continue to practice is, and it sounds so simple, but to be organized. Mm. And that is sometimes easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But now there are so many apps and tools. So if you don't know, Um, If you're listening and you don't know what apps or tools are available to help keep you organized, people you know, know. I'm going to share some with you, things like Asana. You can just Google these, Trello, Google Docs. There's even features on your iPhone that you're probably not utilizing Hmm. that can help keep you organized. I'm a list person, so I couldn't function without my calendar, a master to-do list, and my daily to-do list. Mm -hmm. That's just me, and that's what works for me. But... um, there are all kinds of, like I said, apps and tools and uh, that can help keep you organized because when you're just a mom, but much less, you know, when you're starting a business or have mm-hmm. a career, you've got to be organized to be successful. You do. It's kind of like planning. And yes. there's, there's a saying, if you fail to plan, then you're planning to fail. Yes, I agree. Uh, Another um, tip is to build a network. And that's not mm-hmm. to be confused with networking. Some of us think that we have to network, which you do. It's very important in business and your career. Mm-hmm. But I'm referring to building a network of support. And that means yes. enlisting people that you can talk to, that you can share your um, questions, you can you can share your challenges, people that can mentor you and support you, or just cheer you on and encourage you, people you can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, or brainstorm with. And um, uh, one example that I came up with is when you're starting a business, especially from scratch, you're trying to decide how to price your product or service. Right. And so in addition to establishing a price for your product or service, you have to collect payment. Mm-hmm. And some of us are comfortable saying, hey, you owe me $50 for that you know, service I did or that time I spent, but a lot of us aren't comfortable um, asking for money or, or collecting payment. So if you talk to other successful business people and say, how do you collect payment? How, mm-hmm. how do you establish payment collection? And it might be something uh, that's established in a contract or point mm-hmm. of purchase, mm-hmm. but for some people, your service requires that you do a service and then you invoice them or you ask them for, for payment. And so Um, especially when you're new to a business or having your own business, um, getting paid is going to be essential, but getting paid in a way that you're comfortable with 
mm-hmm. is is going to make you more successful. Because if you're not comfortable asking for payment yeah. and you do all this work and you don't get paid, um, you can have a lot of clients. But if if you don't actually get paid, then you're not as successful as you'd re- like to be, you know? No, you're absolutely not. And it's always good to set the expectation at the beginning when you're talking about the service that you're going to do for them. That's what I do in my real estate business. I let them know up front what are the fees, what are the title fees, escrow fees, my fees, taxes, everything. There's something about expectation. So if you tell them up front, you're going to receive an invoice uh where I'm going to charge you for the first half of what you'll owe me. And then when I'm done, you can do the second half or, or pay in the end. But Michelle is absolutely right. And again, as women, we're sometimes uncomfortable asking for payment because we may not have been raised being comfortable even asking for money. I I had a hard time asking my parents for money when, when I was in college and yeah. I, I ran out. It's It's hard. I don't, you know, I don't think men have as much trouble asking as as women do. So that's great advice. I love that. And I agree with your point of setting the expectations in advance because then uh, it can help when you're not at the end of, of uh, providing a product or service and having to uh, then mention, oh, by the way, remember I did that work and this is what I expect. If you set the expectation ahead of time, that, that's a much better idea. It's true. And we will talk in a future podcast of how much are you worth? So my friend listening, something to think about, how much are you worth like per hour or per project? Don't underprice yourself. Yeah, that's why I said that pricing your product or service Mm -hmm. is a whole other conversation. That'll be a good podcast. Um, Another um, strategy or suggestion I have when you are especially an entrepreneurial mom, Uh, whether you're working from a home office or an outside office is to involve your children in your work. And I don't mean a sweatshop or, or even necessarily giving them the office supplies to play with like my grandma did. But what I mean is invite them into your office. Let your children sit at your desk. Mm -hmm. Let them listen to you when you're engaging with people on the phone, talk to them about what you do and why you do it. And then ask them for their cooperation so that you can get your work done. And I think Instead of just saying, mom's in here working, leave me alone, I've got to do my work. If they can understand what you're doing when either the door is closed or when you're not engaged with them, they can be more supportive and cooperative. And I think you also have to be realistic, whether your child or children are two years old or 12 years old or 17 years old, they still need your attention and supervision. So it may make sense to make it a priority as part of your work or, or career to get child care for some amount of time so you can do some uninterrupted work. That may not mean 40 hours a week of, of child care, and it may not mean that you have to pay for child care, especially sometimes women starting over may not have the, the budget that, that other um, people may have. And so maybe you can ask a parent or a friend. Um, sometimes as women, we don't want to ask people for help, right. but what I often suggest to my friends is turn it around. If someone asked you for help and yep. said, boy, can you just help me out a couple hours a week and and watch my kids while I make some sales calls or exactly. while I go out and um, uh, do whatever work it, you have to do, um, people will often help you if you ask. Absolutely. And just like you would help someone if they asked. And yes. um, 
I think some of those people can be your network of support. You can trade. Uh, maybe you watch someone else's kids while they do some work or have some some a date night or something, and then they can watch uh, your kids while you can have some focused, uninterrupted attention um, on your work. That's good. That's key because both you and I had entrepreneurial dads. I worked in my dad's office. You worked in your dad's office. We appreciated that more. We learned a lot more. And I think that's a great advice. I think it's so cool that your grandma made you kids wear good clothes. So, you know, you dress to impress, right? I mean, how we're dressed really does impact people. That's that's great advice. That's actually a a hint that I didn't think of, but um, I do work from a home office and I, most of the time, uh, this quarantine has been a little bit different, but um, uh, most of the time I get up and get dressed and I just feel more in work mode. Um, and, And for some people, that's a strategy that works. Maybe some people can work in their pajamas all day long and I don't have anything, you know, to say bad for them. But for me, I feel more productive when I'm um, dressed in work clothes. Yes, I I am the same way. In fact, because I work from home and was realizing what I was wearing may impact my energy level or seeing myself as the businesswoman that I am is I did go out and I bought some nicer clothes to wear at home and it did it did impact my attitude. <laughs> yeah. I I have to put on my makeup. I ha- cuz if I am walking around the house and I look in the mirror and, and I look like I just woke up, I'm not sure that I'm I'm going to be my best self when I'm trying to write an article or do something. No, that's great. And you're married, do you know I do that too? I I'm, I'm single. I live alone and I will put on lipstick. So when I look in the mirror and it's like, okay, yeah, you go, Gronzo. <laughs> Our little secrets here probably most women don't talk about. Yeah, I wear red. But- and you're right. I'm married. Sometimes my husband will see me putting on my makeup. He'll say, are you going somewhere? Yes, to work right in the other room. That's where I'm going. <laughs> That's great. Well, we want to look good for our husbands and we want them to look good for us, right? So yeah. And look good I, for another ourselves. Another that I like to share is I don't think it's good to be a workaholic. And mm-hmm. and I'm asking people to take that advice from someone who's been there and done that. Um, I was very blessed to have a supportive husband that would take the kids when I was working too much. And uh, But it, in hindsight, I wish that I had scheduled a little more time out, uh, whether that had been for a nap <laughs> or a little time with friends or more time with with my kids. Cause there were, um, uh, just like my dad, um, there were a lot of dinners I missed because I just wanted to get the extra couple hours in mm-hmm. and, and work. And I think that, um, uh, while I don't think my kids hold it against me, I didn't hold it against my dad. Um, uh, it, it's good to think in retrospect, maybe I would have done this differently. I would have set an alarm uh, that said it's dinner time and I'm lucky my husband cooks so I didn't even have to cook okay. the dinner but um it's dinner time and I'm going to go spend that time with my kids and and I did pick them up from school and and spend a lot of time with them but I still feel like there were times when I put work ahead of them and it wasn't necessary it wasn't um mm-hmm. necessarily feeding the family or it wasn't a make or break mm-hmm. kind of deal but I just enjoyed my work so much that uh, I, I did that more often. So um, I would say if you're kind of a workaholic or a type A personality, 
be sure to schedule that time in not only little breaks for yourself, but also family time, friend time, just so that it's a little more balanced. Good, good, great advice. And, um, and uh, I read this somewhere about the importance of getting a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. I am still practicing this, trying to get this down, but (laughs) setting an alarm that it's almost time for bed so that you can Mm -hmm. get a good night's sleep there. There's something about me. I don't know. One of those things I was raised with, I, I, I don't like to go to sleep. I feel like I'm going to miss something. <laughs> and so I feel like it's a waste of time. It's the time that I can't get stuff done. It's, yeah. you know, it's just, it bugs me that I have to sleep. But yes. um, my daughter, who is a nutrition and wellness coach, she has been a good influence on me and said, you know, you, you need to get good sleep. It's going to make you healthier. And so I am trying to improve in that area. And so I think it's good advice for other people and setting boundaries with your friends and family because when you work from home or work for yourself, it's mm. very tempting to take that call when it comes in or respond to that text message. But if you're doing your work and then you get sidetracked, um, maybe you're not as productive as you otherwise could be. Right. And you can, I heard you mention on a podcast one time about, uh, is it like time blocking? Yes. And so if you set certain time during the day that you're going to respond to the text messages or the calls. I also think it sets up, like you talked about in the beginning, good expectations. If your friends and family particularly think that as soon as they text you or call you, you're right there to answer, then the first time you're not, they either send out the police because they think there's something wrong <laughs> or um, they they get upset that you're not right there to, to answer the call. So if you're not at the beck and call you're not setting up those expectations and you're benefiting yourself by getting your work done or, or prioritizing your time better. Right. And getting enough sleep is also about self-care. And I'm with you. I have to use self-discipline to go to bed. I don't want to go to bed I have to make myself sleep because I know when I wake up, I'm, I'm tired and, and that's not good. It takes a little while to get going. I am going to give a little plug for Michelle's daughter, Presley Hirsch, who has her own podcast called the Hey Presley. What? I'm sorry, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. The Hey Presley podcast. And Presley is P-R-E-S-L-I-E. Right. And it's available on all the the platforms. And I was going to share episode 37 is a great topic for kind of what we're talking about today. And it's called How to Brave a Career Change. And her and her guests talk about a lot of strategies for pivoting careers, making a change, things like um, when you're worrying about what other people might think or say about your decision or how your identity might be wrapped up in your current career title or position mm-hmm. and how to how to navigate risks when you're when you're unsure and feeling more comfortable with uh, making those changes or um Maybe you got a degree in one thing, but you really feel called to do something else and how to how to brave those kinds of of career changes. And and that can be really helpful for women starting over. Absolutely. Now, that sounds wonderful. And also 37. (laughs) Okay. And also what I like about Presley is my friend listening self-care. Your health is so important, especially in this season starting over. So 
you're not going to get some great advice from me on that. <laughs> I'm not a nutritionist <laughs> or doctor. You'll get good other advice from me. So you can tune into her show. And for some of us with older kids, my kids are 25 to 34 now. And some of us with older kids, I just find it such a wonderful thing that we can learn from our kids. You know, we spend most of their you know, young life trying to guide them and teach them. But um, Presley has taught me how to live a healthier uh, life. Um, she didn't grow up with um, healthy meals put in front of her all the time. Uh, we did a lot of fast food and we weren't a family that went out and hiked and exercised all the time. And now she's a CrossFit coach and a um, very active. And so right. I've learned from her. And yes, her podcast is about good information and interviews about health and nutrition and personal development and also a lot about business um, because she's an entrepreneur too and i love that about her very young and and successful yeah it's it's, uh it's fun to listen i listen to her podcast now on my walks every day along i (laughs) I started listening to your podcast on my walks i i uh, don't like to just go out and walk but I need to walk every day. So I like, that's a strategy that works for me is to have something to listen to while I'm walking. Absolutely. We're just about ready to wrap up here in the end. What else would you like to add that we haven't covered to help our friend listening? Just two quick things. One is that it's okay to ask for help, Mm -hmm. especially when you're starting your own business. You might think you have to wear every hat. You have to do the marketing and the accounting and, and the, the selling it just everything and it's it's okay to invest and to ask for help um Mm -hmm. and the other thing is and i heard you mention this and this is a practice that i've had most of my life is to start the day or end the day or both with a gratitude prayer you think about what you are thankful for i used to tell my kids at the end of the day i want you to say a prayer and and Think about what you're grateful for. And it can't be the same thing every day. It can't be mom and dad and our house and our dog. You know, you you have to try to notice things in your day. It might be that you got all the green lights on the way to work or no traffic, or maybe um, you got a a card in the mail that made your day. You know, they're just find new things in each day to be grateful for. I like that. New things. Yeah. All right. This was absolutely wonderful. I think in going back to what we talked about in the beginning, which we weren't planning on talking about, like selling Avon, selling somebody (laughs) else's product is like a good leap into entrepreneurship. Right now online, what people are doing is they are what we call an affiliate. I am an affiliate where I do sell someone else's service or product to help people in what they're doing to improve their lives because how can you find everything you can't and it's good to connect with people that can say hey this is a good course to take or this is something good to do so that's called affiliates so we didn't have that when we had Avon just wanted to go back to that real quick and remember what Michelle said about the Gale courses G-A-L-E courses we're in the day and age of information. With, we now call it the knowledge industry where you can get a lot of knowledge online like this wonderful podcast. 
So I appreciate Michelle coming on. She she truly is an amazing, humble, and loving person. I, I feel so blessed to know her. I met her when I was on the city council, and she was the president of the school board at the time. We both have a passion for education. My friend, thank you. For Thank listening you. It's and been Michelle. really fun chatting with you, as always. As absolutely, and I'm actually going to have my website hopefully up tomorrow uh, because I want my friend listening to be able to connect with me. There are people that have stories that I think would be great to share. I have a now have a Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> so I'm, I'm um, because I don't make money at this podcast. It's something I do because I care about women and want, want to help women. I actually spend money to, to do the podcast. So I'm trying to get social media set up and and my website because um, I know I love getting help when I had to start over. So right, right. Oh, I think it's going to help a lot of women. It, it's it's a wonderful topic, and you're sharing a lot of good information. So I know that you will be helping a lot of women. Well, thank you, Michelle. All right. Until next time. Bye bye. Well, my friend. Thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast. I am Nora Ellen, your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.